You're listening to Around Comics, episode 238, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. Hey there, folks. Christopher Neesman here. Let's get you introduced to this week's panel. First of all, is Mr. Tom Caters. Hi. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right, I'm waiting for Mike to finish up his cupcake. I've got a cupcake. <laughs> Next is uh, DC exclusive artist. You know him from his work on such things as the all-new Adam, Green Arrow, Black Canary, and the upcoming co-features with Blue Beetle in the pages of Booster Gold, and uh, your Trinity backups. You're all over the place, man. Hey, Trinity's Mike Norton. done. It's Mike Norton. Just like my cupcake. When did you actually finish up Trinity? Uh, I finished it about a little over a month ago. Okay, okay. So it was yeah, about a, about a month, a month yep. uh, a break in between that and the, the last yeah, issues. Yeah. That's cool. How was, the, was well, well? We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Our, our, our other guest, uh, you know him as the uh, voice of Word Balloon, and he's got a new toy, and he's doing his new phone can do video, so he's video video video. You're freaking me out, man. I'm sorry, um, man. He is the voice of Word Balloon. He is Mr. John. Suntress. How are you doing? Hello again, everybody. Boy, oh boy. I won't put myself on video because I've seen the pictures from the podcast companion. And I got to tell you, let's just leave it all to the imagination. Thank you. Theater of the mind. Man. But I am glad I brought the camera because I know Norton's gotten a little shaggy and he kind of looks like he belongs on the album cover of a Toto album. I'm going to say. Wow. No, I got to I gotta work the fro for that, dude. <laughs> You're kind of looking like the lead singer of uh, Drive By Truckers. Well, they're from my part of the country. They, there you go. Are, are, well, they're from uh, um, Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Yeah, well, it's that's only uh, a state down. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah you are right. <laughs> that's, that's a rich heritage down in uh, Muscle, Muscle Shoals. That's where Stax Records was and yeah. all the fine uh, Booker T and the MGs yeah. and all the great backup artists for Aretha and Ray Charles and all those Stax, guys. Uh, Stax uh, was in uh, Memphis, wasn't it? Oh, but I thought all those guys um, came from Muscle Shoals. I'm, I'm sure they did. Okay. But, uh, Do not question the Suntress. Yeah, I don't know, actually. No, I'm a friend my, from Tennessee, actually. Yeah, they yeah, tore it down a while back, and uh, okay. my friend Ron had a brick from it. Was oh, it maybe cool. maybe Because I know there were Stacks and Volts. Maybe Volts was in Muscle Shoals? Um, probably. Okay. Yeah, I know Stacks was there. There's a museum now. So Excellent. Yeah, of course I'm right. Well, there's a Stacks museum in Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, motherfucker. There you go. I know, I'm sorry. It's in the Gibson well, hey, Guitar uh, Factory. Uh, Speaking of, yeah. of music, the yeah. featured music for this episode, one of my favorite Seattle bands from the, the early 90s. Mud actually, Honey. This is, no, it's not Mud Honey, which is another great band, and they may pop up at some point. But actually, my favorite Seattle band was Screaming Trees. Sure. Oh, okay. So some Screaming Trees this That's week. your favorite. I'm glad we're all yeah. wearing uh, flannel. 
uh, ripped up flannel yeah. shirt. I am actually wearing it. Well, yeah, there you go, in honor of grunge. <laughs> so All right, good. There you go. And before we get rolled here, I got a hoodie on, uh, on Tom, so that works out. Oh, there you go. I want to make sure that everyone uh, uh, checks out In Stock Trades, which you, you, you should know by now. The InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essential showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. In fact, every order over $50 does ship for free and right now you can pick up the saga of the swamp thing volume one hardcover for a phenomenal 47 percent off the cover price it is uh yours for 13 dollars and 24 cents you my, own my, it that's my, a crazy my, value for I'm an amazing collection oh. yeah an amazing collection uh that's, eight that's issues hot. it's uh issues 20 through 27 of alan moore's uh groundbreaking work that uh, really spawned vertigo comics and that's uh beset and toddleman doing uh, the art uh, yep. mostly yeah at veach yeah. or was veach uh, no, Veach, Veach was, was later. Later. Yeah, Veach was yeah, Veach was much later. So okay. check that out. We some should plug. Uh, I think there's some plug. There you yeah. go. We should probably be talking about that in the next two three weeks. Is that I one of the say. books of the month? That is our book club. Yes, fantastic. that is our book club. Uh, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. So um, um <laughs> Swamp Thing. And he's not a he's not a DCU <laughs> character. So please stop asking me when I when I do my Q and A's. It drives me crazy. He's a Vertigo character. Constantine is it. not going to be in Batman, and it, Batman is not going to be in Constantine. It ain't going to happen. Uh, Mike, I was going to ask you a little bit earlier how the entire Trinity experience was for you. You worked on a on a monthly or on a, on a weekly book. Um, it was, was crazy. yeah, it was tough, but you know I had an easy comparatively. I mean it, Bagley. Bagley. Bagley was an animal. He was, and even he said it was a little nuts for him. And he's, I mean, he's the poster boy for that kind of stuff. And he was just like, at the end, he was like, I don't know, guys. This is getting uh, a little crazy. Is he going to take some time off, or is he? Yeah, right? I mean, he's doing some Batman stuff, yeah, but it's only four issues, Batman. so that's okay. like two weeks for him. Exactly, that's a cup of coffee. And, uh, but yeah, and I didn't even. Um, it was the backups were split up between me and Tom Derenick and Scott McDaniel, and they, I think, did more than i did as far as like when you count up the total backups well were they working on monthly books at the same time we all were but they they um i had a regular thing they were doing monthly books but they were different projects like i think uh scott was doing some like uh the batman confidential stuff and tom was doing rain and hell and stuff like that so yeah. Oh, Rain in Hell, which was inked by Bill Sienkiewicz. Yes. It all comes around, which Bill is going to be uh, inking some of your stuff. We talked about all that last week. but yeah, I just, Go uh, listen. Oh, yeah. yeah, go listen. It's to the stuff. archives. This is um, very interesting. A deep cut. Album cut. Deep cut. <laughs> But Not no, I, I just I, I hadn't I hadn't talked to you since about I don't know issue twenty or twenty five of that had come out since about the the halfway point. So I didn't know how the yeah. how the rest of the experience had been I, for you. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it became a grind just because I was doing other stuff. But mm-hmm. I would always think that wow, geez, Mark. I mean, we get pages literally every day from the guy, and because we were all we all synchronized through email. And I would look at it, and I just, I can't believe this guy does this as fast as he does. Uh, so it was both an inspiration and a source of depression in a lot of ways, you know, because I was just like, God, I can't, I can't believe I can't do it like that. But at the same time, I was like, well, if he can do it, I'm going to try and do it. That's cool. So it, That's kept, cool. it kept you going, and plus everybody else was just so, like, really supportive. I mean, we, like, we were always talking through the through email and I, you, these days you really don't uh that you don't necessarily get that kind of uh 
collaboration sometimes with it being an internet internet based workplace now. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, your your uh, your communication is yeah. is through emails and, 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 and yeah, and you know, you're working too. with Mark Bagley and, and and Tom and and Scott McDaniel who guys that have all been around a lot longer than me and I got to look at their stuff and I and now I'm working with them and I'm looking at their stuff and I get to tell them, "Hey, you guys are kind of awesome, you know, like the Chris Farley <laughs> sketch from Saturday Night Live." Remember that <laughs> time? Remember yeah. when you drew and they're and they're not <laughs> treating you like uh you're Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. They're saying, "Well, that's cool. Thanks, man." And they there, you know, I mean, I was trading things back and forth with Scott for a while, so I mean, it's it was a very cool experience. In that yeah, part. I mean, you guys are a team that worked on on Trinity, uh-huh. so I mean, you'll always, yep. always say, I mean, the 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 fifty two guys are still, I think, like that. It's mm-hmm. it's like war buddies, yeah. kind of. But even yeah. those who don't work together, that's been the, one of the neat things to observe at conventions is see the different generations of artists go up to each other and show pages and get you know tips. I mean, I, I remember. Uh, Howard, uh, Walter Simonson coming up to Rags Morales and show, and Ethan Van Skyver and showing him the covers that he was doing for Batlash. And, you know, and, and, and then also Walter saying, Oh, Rags, I, I really liked what you just did on, and I can't remember what specific book it was. Yeah. And literally it was like, Oh man, you know, Walter, he's like, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. that, that really means a lot. And just, it really was, it was very cool to like kind of see that, you know, Oh, and I see what you did here. And I, you know, and Walter even saying, yeah, I'm kind of experimenting with something in this area. And it was neat. Yeah. That's cool. yeah it is pretty cool to yeah. see that process. But like I said, it's, it, if you're somebody like me that gets kind of uh, self-conscious about, and if you're an artist, you're probably self-conscious. If you see another artist that, and and working at that speed and working at very high quality, that kind of speed is just just like, oh, come on, <laughs> mess up at least. Yeah, no kidding. Because really, in a very short time, I mean, he really went through the DC universe. Well, Bagley. all of those guys. Yeah, I mean, Bagley had the too, tough yeah. stuff because at least in our stories, we were focused on one thing. He mm-hmm. had everybody. Yeah, everything was channel, you know, funneling into yeah. the into the main so, story. Yeah. Huh, very cool. Well, um, speaking of the, uh, the weekly comics, it looks like uh, DC is kind of changing things up. They've gone through three years of a weekly comic with fifty two, and then countdown. And now Trinity is wrapping up, and in July we get the uh, much-anticipated and uh, have yet to see anything that isn't freaking mind-blowing from Wednesday Comics. And that's going to be 12 12 weeks, correct? That sounds right. 12 weeks, and I don't know what they have planned after that. but uh, Winning some Eisner's. Yeah. Probably oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Have you guys seen anything sure. from the, from the previews that you weren't just like, oh, Whoa. that sucks? Oh, John, what sucked? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Sucked exactly. Oh, there you go. No, but what I, the one thing that doesn't surprise me and is Bush the Radio. guy who's uh, editing this, Mark Chiarello. Uh, yeah. You know, he did all the solo books. And I mean, there's a guy that really, I think, always corrals artists and gets well, interesting. Well, he's the art director. That's yeah. why. I mean, yeah. he's got an eye for the design, and obviously, he's pouring it all out into this. So, would you ever want to do something like that? Because that I, I was think, an art director for Dose. Well, too. no, but I mean specifically uh, the Wednesday Comics format, because I think would I want to do that? Yeah. Um, I would love to do a project like that. I think going coming on board to something like that. Well, uh, intimidating. Yeah, it would be like which one of these doesn't belong. <laughs> <laughs> no. but, but I even mean I, from I'm, a, not, not, I'm, tr- I'm I'm not trying okay, to be Mike, overly Mike, humble. Mike, we're gonna all. we're gonna put your story in between Jose Luis Garcia Lopez yeah, yeah. and Mike Carl Kershaw. Yeah, Mike Carl Kershaw, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know Kyle Baker and uh, some. But of that's the others, what I yeah. mean. It's just like I would I would have much more fun 
reading and looking at that than actually. But I but what I was wondering too is just the idea of um, the weekly format and that kind of Sunday comics page format of mm-hmm. you know storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think is going to be very interesting to see, and I look forward to talking to some of the creators about that yeah. uh, because of, of mapping out a story that way as opposed to. You know, even the weekly books that that DC has dabbled in and yeah. stuff. This is a very different it's, animal. Yeah, you look at it, you especially like uh, Ryan Sook's uh, Commandy stuff, and it looks like some Al Williams did. It's just like nuts. Yes, it looks like Prince Valiant or something. Well, it exactly. is gorgeous. Looking. You know, and and not since uh, Jim Chung did that kind of Prince Valiant uh, tribute in Scion, the old Cross Gen book, mm-hmm. and he's and he spent an issue where each page looked like a Sunday Prince Valiant and one of those old Hal Foster pages and stuff. I'm, you know, it's incredible. And again, yeah, I just think it's a different head as far as how to storytell as opposed to the traditional book. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, we, uh, we have a phone call to make. Hot. Yeah. It's so. hot. <laughs> Thank you, Paris. All right. But before, before we make this phone call, yeah. we're going to, uh, it's a line change. All right. Suntress, Suntress is out. Tony Akins is in. Yeah, Mr. Def- Akins, def- how are you doing? The defense. Lords of Chaos. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> wow. Wow. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you said the centrists are out. So I thought I had to like take it. Take it to the next direction. level. Yeah. It was it was a hockey metaphor he's to begin su- with. He's summoning magic. It's the wine, it's the wine change. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, sorry. I thought I you were talking we- politics. I feel weird that we are all sitting and staring at a small piece of technology. Yeah, we're waiting, <laughs> waiting for it to do something. <laughs> Are you in there, Matt? (laughs) Matt, are you in the tiny little box? Matt, this is Chris from Around Comics. How you doing? Hey, Chris, how are you? All I'm doing right. great. All right. Um, we've got, uh, uh, on this side of the line, let me get you introduced to everyone. Uh, first is Tom. Hello. And okay. uh, uh, next is uh, is Mike. Hello. Tom. Mike. Uh, hello. That's, uh, you actually, you work with Mike, so. Oh, Mike Norton, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mike. Hey, Matt. I think the last hey, names Mike, would help. You? I'm doing all right. Hey, robots. Thank you. Thank you. There, I'm trying. And speaking of robots, oh yeah, and Tony. Tony's here. Yes, Matt. I'm it's like here. a weird episode of intervention. All right, man. How are you doing? Yeah, this is great. This is like this is either the Matt Sturgis intervention yeah. episode or Matt Sturgis. This is your life. Stop doing the bleach, like, man. Did I put too many panels on a page or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Mr. Matt Sturgis, it is a, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, I guess we should probably just like jump in and talk about uh, what you're working on with these two fine gentlemen that are sitting here. We've been uh, we've been chit chatting about the new Blue Beetle co-feature in Booster Gold. So, uh, uh, how is that, and how do you like your artist? <laughs> uh, the artist is okay, frankly. You know, I've worked with better. You're not going to get any arguing out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is really uh, into self-flagellation. No, no, actually, uh, Mike's done a, a fantastic job. You know, we uh, we wanted to start out the, the co-feature right, right over the gate with something that was fun uh, and, and engaging. And when I think fun engaging, I think uh, giant killer robots. And that was what I ran with. 
And Mike just took that and he drew a really great robot. And I'm just really happy he did. Well, thank you. I nice. try. Um, for for doing, <laughs> how, how many how many pages are the co-features? The the back end co co-features. The co-feature I, I can't speak for all of them. For ours, it's ten pages a month. Uh, and then the uh, I don't know. I think the uh, the main story is, is it the the same length as normal? It's uh, I'm not tw- quite it's, sure. it's twenty instead of twenty two. Okay, twenty instead of twenty two. Yeah, but we get ten pages, which uh, yeah is enough to, to get a little storytelling done. It's it's a lot of fun. I was gonna, what, what what's that like going from doing twenty two pages to doing uh, a, a ten basically a ten page issue? Is that is that a whole different Tom? Are you all right? Yeah, is that, is, is that a whole different <laughs> skill set that you you kind of have to to pull out to be able to to tell that much story in ten pages? Do you got you know go back to like Silver Age comics where they used to really cram a lot of story in? Right. Well, you know the the original uh, 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 the Ted Court Blue Beetle when Steve Ditko created it, it was uh, as a backup. Yep. And it was an eight page uh, story. Uh, and they crammed a lot of stuff. I mean, they could cram a lot more stuff in the books in those days. So um, the storytelling, I, I've tried to tighten it up some and, and have it be a little more compressed uh, just to, to fit more stories so the, so the readers feel like they're getting, you know, more bang for the buck so they're not just being hung out to dry with just 10 pages as just some little chunk of story that doesn't resolve to anything. But working on House of Mystery for a couple of years has kind of, taught me how to write to different lengths, you know, so I, I've written four-page stories, and I've written 12-page stories, and eight, and so 10 pages is, is a kind of a comfortable length. I know how to write to that length, and so... It, it, that's made it a lot easier. Yeah, when you, you mentioned House of Mystery, and I, I definitely wanted to, to touch on that because that's been one of my favorite comics that has come out in the last year, year and a half. And, and actually, you, you just came out with the, the 13th issue, which was a little bit different than the other issues because you had three short stories instead of the, the, the kind of over uh, overarching story with the, with the great little uh, interlude story, as we've kind of started to refer to them here on the show. What was it? Uh, you know, first of all, uh, I don't think you wrote that story, but was it cool to see Neil Adams do a story in House of Mystery? It was great. When we, um, I, I had conceived that issue a long time ago. Like I think before the first issue even came out, I knew that I wanted to do a, a 13th issue and I wanted it to be special and different somehow. And I knew that I wanted to have Sergio uh, Aragones in it. Um, and that was something I knew I wanted to do for a long time. And then when we started, you know, gearing up to actually put the issue together, you know, we got the list of artists that we were going to have to work with, and it was like Eric Powell and, and, oh, and wow. Neil Adams and Ralph Reese and, and Sergio Dizzo, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so when we were kind of divvying up the artists, um, I was kind of like, well, you know, Chris Robertson, you know, an old friend, a great writer, uh, and, you know, I thought, well, you know, let's get Neil to, to Chris and let them work together, because Chris is a big fan of Neil Adams. Wow. I thought it would be really great. And then after that happened, I was like, oh, man, I should have taken Neil Adams. <laughs> you know, it, it, it turned out really well, and it was a great story, and he did a, a fantastic job. So, you know, I'm just real thrilled with how that, that issue came out. And I have to say that my favorite bit is the very last page that Sergio did, because uh, when I was a kid, I used to love his stuff in, in Mad Magazine so, yeah. so much. And to have him, like, draw something that I wrote was, like, <laughs> one of the highlights of my entire 
career. I, I was really hoping that it was going to be on the actual 13th page, though. <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, that was the, that's the entire reason that, that every page in the issue is numbered page 13. Oh, I didn't even, I don't even look at the page numbers anymore. Yes, <laughs> every page is page 13. They're all numbered. And that's why. It's so that the... Uh, so that Sergio's page could be a page. Oh, you tricked, you tricked me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, uh, I'm passing out copies. Uh, we're, we're here in a comic store here in Chicago, and so we've got uh, uh, a couple issues here that I'm, I'm passing around to Mike and, and Tony so they can check it out. But, yeah, I love that last page. And I was like, oh, man, if there was a... Ha- if there was a House of Mystery page that I wanted to buy, that would be the one. I was Absolutely. like, I bet you Sturge has already bought it. <laughs> I, I have put dibs on it. I hope I, I hope I get it. Oh, let me tell you, Matt's really good at putting dibs on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. I, I, did, I got the Flintstones car page. So you got really the Flintstones cars. You got. Uh, uh, I put Jack's uh, April Fool aside for you. Mm-hmm. How many? How many Tony Aikens originals do you own now? I only None. have one, They're actually, on and there was another one that I really wanted, which is it's the ending of, of Jack of Fables number, uh, it's like seven or eight, it's the one where the splash page of Jack, and he's turning to face the camera, and he's got this big evil grin on his face. Oh, yeah. And with some, the, yeah, but at the end of the... bought it out from under me, and he keeps bringing them to conventions, and like, rubbing <laughs> it in my nose, like, ooh, look, here's the page you wanted. And I was like, you know, get that thing out of my face. And then he was like really nice. He made me a big, huge, like full size reproduction of the page. Oh, that's so cool. I've got that Great. Framed in my framed on my wall in my office. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the end of the Vegas art, right? The Vegas arc, right? Yeah. 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 It, I I was noticing something. You know the um, the attorney that's in that that arc, the guy with the glasses. I kind of got. Uh-huh. I know who he is now. He's uh, what is it, Mister Fun from? Uh, uh, the Six Flags commercials. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God! Of, it is. I, I was sort of. I, I was looking at one the other day. I'm like, holy crap! I'm not that original. That's um, funny. <laughs> he was just waltzing through your subconscious that time. Well, you know what? That that's that that song they use. Dancing through your it's subconscious. Such an all earworm. Time. Yeah. <laughs> that man so. does not walk anywhere. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> well, you you've had a chance to work with just by the nature of House of Mystery, which you know once again is is really if you if you're not reading it out there in podcast land, you should really check out the the first trade. What's the second trade uh, come coming out this week or actually last week by the time that this episode airs? You should really pick up those trades. But the nature of that book is that you get to work with so many different artists. Has that been has that been a exciting and b a challenge to work? with with different different creators, pretty much on every issue. It's it's really fantastic, I, and at the same time, it can be dicey because um, sometimes it's, it's artists that who are very new, uh, like Patricia Lubacaro, who did a fantastic job in, in issue number twelve, was someone whose work that I wasn't really familiar with at all, and I, I didn't really know how to write for her specifically as an artist, and so sometimes it's just kind of like winging it. Um, and other times. Uh, it's kind of the opposite where I'm so familiar with an artist. For issue 14, I wrote a story for Gilbert Hernandez, wow. which was like a big, huge deal for me. And I was kind of scared because I wanted to make sure the story was good enough for Gilbert Hernandez to draw. You know, like I didn't want him to like read it and go, oh, throw it away. But he, you know, he drew my story and it was fantastic. And I'm just really thrilled. But yeah, there's always a little bit of trepidation. And anytime you work with a, with a new artist, um, because you never know exactly how they're going to take your script and, and render it. You know, like with, with Tony, I kind of know 
more or less what I'm going to get. Tony will, will often surprise you, but, you know, I kind of, I feel like I know how to write a script for Tony in a way that he's going to get, and, and he's going to rock it, and he's going to draw kind of what we're shooting for, but, you know, you never know. Well, last time we talked to Tony, he he really went out of his way to say that he had he had really molded you to write to his style. No, it's a, he didn't say I, that. Yeah, I, I think that's true. He, by example, he uh, he didn't draw the things that he didn't like, and so I just stopped writing. <laughs> so well, if, if if you're really good at putting dibs on stuff, do you find yourself often just writing things so you can claim a page from all the previous <laughs> I, think, I think that's how that works. It's actually in the script. This will be the page it's that time. I want. <laughs> I think that's in the script. Now, we, we, we got off uh, to a, a rough start with Jack because uh, that Matt apparently has this enclosure fetish. And uh, everything has to take place within the confines of a chain link fence. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, and you know what? I finally found um, a solution. You know, you, you look at, I creatively, you look at other writers, you look at other artists to see how they solve problems. And I finally, after all those issues of having to draw on chain link fences, I found uh, that Dave Gibbons actually has an excellent way of solving that problem. And now that I've, I, I appreciate that technique, I'm ready for any chain link fence you throw at me, Matt. <laughs> Right, right. It's like two little X's at the upper right of the panel that suggest a chain like fence, and that's all you did. Well, that's a cheat I tried, but it didn't work. Gibbons actually does the whole <laughs> fence. It's and it, it's it's a beautiful thing. Matt Matt's gonna switch up and do all barbed wire now. <laughs> My, Mike's robot was nice, but his chain link fences need a tremendous a- amount of work. <laughs> I, yeah, there's a chain link fence in our store. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throw, throw some of those around. Well, you know, one of the th- one of the things about uh, House of Mystery, I think, is is really cool with those interlude stories, is that you get to expose people to artists that they may not have have ever seen before. And a guy that we're a big fan of is David Peterson, who does Mouse Guard, and and yeah. oh, and to see to see him do some Vertigo work, just just a, even a few pages that wasn't you know medieval mice was was pretty awesome so i do do you personally seek out people or is that more um editorial that says hey we've got this guy that you may want to think of for for one of the the house of mystery stories it's it's a little of each um we there are certain artists that i have asked for uh that that I've, I've gotten to work with. Um, you know, Fortinetos is one of those. I keep putting John J. Muth on the list in hopes that someday uh, he'll he'll agree to do it. Um, and if he's out there, I'd just please, just a little what would be great. Um, uh, and then sometimes the editors come with artists that they've found, uh, usually, you know, artists that, that haven't done a lot of work or uh, haven't been getting a lot of some work lately. Uh, and they're trying to sort of like, hey, this is someone who's really great and, and needs to get more exposure. Uh, and we, so we've been really lucky, I think, and, and it's been a sort of organic process. And, and a couple of people have, uh, you know, there are people who wanted to work with Bill, for instance, um, and the Bill wanted to work with. Uh, I think David Peterson was one of those, and I think Bill specifically asked Jill Thompson to do the one that she did. And um, it's worked out really well. We always end up with, with uh, the, the right artist for the story, so it's great. 
Fantastic. Um, now switching over to uh, uh, to your other work with uh, this other guy here, Mister Mister Akins. Uh, Jack the Fables is is just rocking and rolling. You guys are starting to hit some landmark issue numbers. It is not a new, it, it's not a new kid on the block anymore. You guys have really um, broken out of the the fable shadow and and uh, established established a pretty long running book at, at Vertigo in in its own right. Um, but right now you're going through the uh, the great fables crossover. And whenever we had Tony on yeah. a few weeks ago, he, he kind of talked about the logistics of that from the art side. How's that been from the writing side? Not not just even the crossover, but uh, just working with with Bill Willingham and and getting all of these books to to work together. What's that What's that been like for you? Well, you know, William and I have worked together for a long time. Um, we've known each other for years, and uh, the, when we met, we, we met being in a writing group together where uh, the stuff that we wrote was kind of like this shared world prose fantasy stuff. And so we have always sort of been kicking ideas back and forth off of each other, uh, and we have kind of similar creative minds. So. That's something that we, you know, we always did it. We've always done it for a jack of fables, and so applying it to the crossover, we're just kind of doing that only more. Um, it was a little different in that, you know, there are issues of fables in there, which <clears throat> fables is a book that I had never worked on, and so that was, you know, that required a little more machination. But the whole crossover was there's a lot that goes into it, and I, I, I think, you know, I, I heard Tony talking about it on that on that podcast, and there was just kind of a lot of back and forth, and here's here's this page so you can get the visual reference on that guy. And, and when Bill and I were writing the scripts, it was very similar. It's like, here's these two pages with these guys and send this back and let's make sure that this all fits together and let's make sure we all know how many genres there are and don't forget this one on that page. And it was it was pretty crazy, but it never got out of hand. It was always, like, fun. And, and uh, it's, we're, we're pretty much done writing it now, so that's why I'm saying past tense. But it, it's uh, even though the art is still ongoing... But it never got out of hand. It's, it's just rolled along really smoothly. And Willingham made this pledge that, um, you know, if every issue didn't come out on time, that I would eat a bug. <laughs> and so I'm working really hard to not eat the bug. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for... for point during the, uh, the the most heated part of the crossover, all of our emails were signed, do it for the bug. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know if that was pro-Matt eating the bug or not, but I was I was for Matt eating the bug either way, because... Well, I'm, I'm, out of the, eating a bug. I'm out of the race now. My, my part on the crossover is done, so I'm with Matt. It's all past tense for me, so... Yeah. 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 I'm back on Jack. I think I just pieced together the Matt Sturgis secret is that you have a thing for original art that has chain link fences in it, <laughs> and your entire comic book writing career has been a match, uh, sort of like a, a scheme to get original art because you just could not find enough with chain link fences in it, and you had to sort of like arrange a situation in which you could get, get you know, a Gilbert Hernandez to draw a chain, chain link fence in a story. Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert, how do you feel about chain link? <laughs> Dibs on that story, Matt. <laughs> Matt we've uh, shared a lot of uh, time together. We've we've shared a room together at San Diego a couple of times. So I feel like I owe you. I know you intimately. But uh, <laughs> yeah. th th this podcast is going a really weird direction right now. 
Well, I, I I don't recall ever seeing you uh, a tattoo on you. Is that true? You don't you don't have a tattoo? I, I don't have a tattoo. My wife has a number of them. Okay. Um, and she she gets real uh, she gets real edgy about it because she had them before they were cool. Okay. She likes to say she's like all these Johnny Come Lately's with their tattoos. Right. You know? Right. Um, like the 1700s. Uh, I don't have one, and it's because I never could think of the a good thing to get. Well, yeah. that's uh, the only thing that's stopping me. If I ever like had a good idea for one, I would totally do it. Well, yeah. see, I, th- I'm the same way. I've had a good idea for a tattoo. So one day, if I get the nerve up, I'm going to get it. But I'm, I'm suggesting now, if you get a tattoo, it should be, uh, you know, like one of those I, bands that go around your one arm. Of these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keith fucking Richards. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Tom is showing off his tattoo. Tom has a tattoo on his left arm that says not just Keith Richards, but Keith fucking Richards. <laughs> yeah, I got it like... I was in college. <laughs> I don't regret it. Well, <laughs> I'm suggesting that you get a chain link fence around, you know. I, I'm thinking, you know, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's like the barbed wire just plus stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like exactly. Just move it on down a few exactly. I always said if I got a tattoo, it would be a, a, a band of comic book panels empty with word balloons so I could, like, fill it in with magic marker from time to time. You see, the thing with... <laughs> oh, the that's thing actually with, pretty good. Yeah. The thing with getting a chain link fence is that barbed wire says keep out. Chain link fence says you're staying in. Oh, see? It's like you got secrets <laughs> yeah. that, you yeah. don't, <laughs> that you see? don't want out. There you go. That's actually uh, pretty cool. It's, it's one more one more medium in which I can piss off an artist by having to draw something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, beyond beyond Jack of Fables and House of Mystery and the Blue Beetle backups, you are also yep. doing this this other little book, Justice Society of America, which is kind you of a big it. deal. Congratulations. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, thanks. We we like it. I like that book a lot. Yeah. The, I, the artwork I've seen of it so far is amazing. Let me tell you, Jesus Marino, like, stepped up his game I know. so much. That's what I said uh, when I that. saw it. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere and just, like, you know, knocked this thing out of the park. Yeah. Uh, and the, the pages that we're seeing, they just get better and better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. I think when issue 29, that's our first issue, when that hits, uh, I think it's, like, the last weekend in July. It's, like, right after San Diego Comic-Con. Um, it's, just, it's just gorgeous. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I'm really, really pleased with how it's turning out. Uh, I know you've probably been asked this uh, frequently since it was announced, but a uh, um, little, little weird following a guy like Jeff Johns, who's, who's been associated with that book so closely for you know almost since its, its launch. You know, it's, it's so... Following Jeff Johns on, on JSA in, in particular... It's so not feasible to, like, that you're, it's not like you're following that act. It's like you're doing a completely different book. You know what I mean? So there was no sense of, like, you know, we're being cowed by the the specter of Jeff Johns because Jeff Johns, JSA, that's a whole other thing. You know what I mean? I feel like we're coming in and we're taking those characters and we're making a book that is also called Justice Society of America that happens to have all the same characters in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't like it was so much like we were trying to follow in his footsteps that we were, you know, just like, okay, well, well, you know, Jeff did that, and that's amazing, and we're, we're never going to try and match that. So we're going to do our thing and just keep going. And so it wasn't, it wasn't intimidating because that's how I always looked at it. I really liked your backup, your or- Origins and Omens story, actually. I thought it was really, really good because I really liked how you wrote uh, 
you wrote the older guys like they were older guys, like they were talking about stuff that older guys would talk about, as opposed to them just being old. Like they are old. They <laughs> would know like Tommy Dorsey and like things like that. And I, right. I was really impressed by that. I loved I loved writing that that little. Uh, it was the Orange and the Omens thing. Yeah, I loved writing that thing. Uh, it was it was so much fun to to get that out there. You know, a couple months before the book came out. Because that's I mean I, I feel very strongly about those characters. I I know very well and. I've read so much JSA and, and even rereading it all to go back into starting to write it, I just felt like so comfortable with the, the people and, and who they were. You know, that it was it was uh, it, it was just a joy. It's just been a joy to write. Well, I think it's like a cool opportunity because most of the time, all comic book heroes have to be in their late twenties, early thirties, and it's one opportunity where it's really pushed that everyone's different ages. And it's obvious right. that they're all, you know, you have teenagers and people in their 20s and you have elderly dudes running around. So yeah. it's an interesting, I've always enjoyed that aspect of reading it. And I'm looking forward to some chain link fence scenes. <laughs> There's going to be a lot. They're, the mansion is going to be destroyed and replaced with this serious chain link fence. Wow. <laughs> series of intricately drawn. Uh, well uh, done. No more headquarters. It's just a Justice Society pen. <laughs> <laughs> They're like cattle now. Get in, the, get in your you pen, Jim. No, you think I'm joking? Oh, <laughs> no, that's the next. God. That's the big. That's a tw- uh, fourteen-part story. Oh. Where they, <laughs> all the chain, all the chain link fences, all the chain link all fences chain link coming fences. in. Matt, what is this dinner party party that you've uh, left to uh, do this po- podcast? Well, I, I am. I'm actually standing in the parking lot of the restaurant. I just. I, I Are thought you it was serious? Like, I, said, I was like, I gotta go, and I kind of got up and left. It was wow. my dessert had just finished. So it was like perfect. Oh really? And actually, the, the people turned. I, I was kind of joking earlier to, to Chris that I was like. Kind of glad that I could use this as an excuse to get away from the party. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, it, was actually, it was actually kind of nice. Yeah, who, uh, what was what's the we occasion? We didn't talk about comics at all. So oh, now oh. I'm glad that we're doing. No, what was the occasion? Who was there? It was my friend Dave's uh, birthday. Okay, happy birthday, so happy Dave. birthday, Dave. Happy birthday, Dave. Well, yeah. we, hopefully, we didn't ruin your evening. No. Yeah, yeah no, 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 this is great. No more than <laughs> no more than anyone's evening that we were in. And <laughs> hey, listen, I got out I'm of. I got out of a warm bed. What? I got out of a warm bed and came through a street fair to get here tonight, so. Wait, you got a bed at 8 o'clock? I, I took a nap, man. Come on. <laughs> it is a street fair going on. You take a nap you're... after 7, that's called going to bed. Well, you know. <laughs> you're a lot older than I thought you were. <laughs> you well, would... you know, according to 30 Rock, you can't tell how old black people are, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, what are you like? Like, uh, you're like 20, right? No, you're like 50. How old are you? You're 40 something. I'm 48. Yeah, I'm 48. So, yeah, you look good. You don't look 48. I I didn't offer you a beer because I thought you were underage. (laughs) I was worried about you offering me that Budweiser and Clamato combination you got sitting over there. It's delicious. It's a chalada. It's what? It's weird. Do they? Matt, do they drink this stuff in Texas? The uh, the the Budweiser and Clamato in a can. I think that's pretty much the most repulsive thing I've ever heard. I don't know. Oh, all right, fine. I don't. I don't want to know. Everyone hate on it. It's fine. We have Lone Star beer here. That's it. 
Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And else. you have to serve it Texas cold. Whatever that. As if normal cold isn't enough for Texas. There, they need to be served. You actually have something called Texas cold there? It's on the label. Serve it Texas cold, which oh. means like colder yeah, than know. you like it, pussy. It's the beer that, that we drink. Oh. It's taken very seriously here, and no one would ever mix it with. Clam juice. Uh, what is that? Clamato? Is it like clams? It's I, what t- is it? It's tomato juice with clam broth. Right. Add it, why? Add it to Budweiser. <laughs> it's savory. It's. <laughs> why would you? I don't know. <laughs> it does sound terrifying. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess I, that's what. Because Budweiser makes it just for me. I'm the only one that buys it. <laughs> this, this, we're, ta- we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who writes comics about like giant. Flies having sex with people, and this is this turning is the, his stomach. This yeah. is this is what offends him. Yeah. Yeah, that just, was Willingham. Oh, Willingham okay. wrote the <laughs> I just, didn't write that part. Okay. You can't pin that on me. You, you, you only write the tasteful parts. Yeah, I only write the tasteful animal text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, congratulations, by the way. I, I can't go into a bookstore without seeing Midwinter. Uh, in the sci-fi section. That's that's awesome. Hey, dude. thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I you was know? just getting ready to. I'm the master of the plugs here. I know, there you go. You know, and whenever I'm in Wrigleyville, I always stop at Candy Alley to pick up my moon pies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mr. Sturgis, tell us a little bit about Midwinter, if you would. Why, thank you. I don't mind if I do. Uh, <laughs> no, Midwinter is, is uh, my novel. It, it came out in March. It's a, a fantasy novel. It's not a high fantasy novel. Someone described it as low fantasy. I think that's a compliment, uh, which which means that there's not a lot of descriptions about women's uh, like like hemlines and like bodices. I don't I don't know, know why. But you just lost a sale for me. They kind of describe it as uh, the dirty dozen with elves. Yeah. Oh, you got it back. So yeah. Much yeah. More than that. All right. Good. <laughs> And you're you're doing you're writing the 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 sequel to it, correct? That's what I hear. I am I am currently writing the sequel. Yeah, although it's, it's really hard to find time right now because there's a lot of yeah. comic book stuff going on, and yeah. I, I want to make sure that if any of my editors catch this, I want to make. Oh, oh, make I'm sorry. That I'm working on their comics right now. <laughs> I totally, I totally blew that. It's, Matt's doing nothing but comics right now. Sorry. Nothing but. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, what what does Mike think about Blue Beetle? I love it. I've been telling everybody I'm having tons of fun with it. It's uh, it it's the most fun I've had working on a comic so far from since I was on uh on working on Adam, which was just nothing but crazy weird stuff every month. So this is yeah, uh, that, was, that was a fun book. Yeah, and That's this a really is really fun book, and it, this is great. And I'm major coloring it. What about that? It's fantastic. It's it's freaking fantastic. The pictures are just gorgeous. I think people are gonna. I think people are gonna like it a lot. I I hope so because I saw when when I got it back, I was just over the moon looking at it, like with all lettered and colored. It was fantastic. Well, so. I'm sure over the just, moon. I'm, yeah. What's up, Grandpa? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure you know this that that the Ted Cord Blue Beetle is Mike's favorite character of all time, right? I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and I, even, I even managed to squeeze Ted into one panel. Yeah, he's in the first, first issue story. Just yeah. For Mike, so that he could draw him. I really did appreciate. Was it. that enough for Mike? Has he had subsequent requests that there, I, he gets I'm one panel, pu- I'm not one panel every him. issue? Every I'm not issue pushing him. I'm not pushing him. He knows. He knows. That's all. <laughs> he knows. If you no, want I, this to look good, I do what I can do. I, I don't. He you does, know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the editorial staff at DC 
Is Sometimes it? tells writers what to do. I don't know if anyone's heard this rumor. <laughs> that the, uh, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. No, uh, yeah, I, I would, we would love to do a thing with Ted Cord if, if we were able to do it. Awesome. Right? Awesome. Isn't that right? Of course. My, Mike is yeah. like, he's doing a little happy dance just thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Sturgis, I think that uh, I think that we've kept you much longer than I promised we would. We certainly appreciate the time that you spent with us tonight, and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can check back in with you here in uh, the not too distant future. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's totally do this again. All right. But only if Tony is not here because he brings sort of a weird vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Well, the key is to uh, keep as many Chicago area artists employed as possible, and we'll just kind of keep marching them through to talk to you. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to get you a list of everyone that lives here in the city, and uh, we'll just we'll just keep doing this. Excellent. But we'll, let's round them up, put them in half mystery. We'll do an all Chicago issue inside Ooh. a chain link fence. Yeah. Surrounded by chain link fences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. See you, Matt. All right, man. Have a Bye. great night. Bye, sir. Bye, guys. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now, you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases, as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no wait fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Now watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop and love it. So head over to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics and get started with your free trial today. You guys like working with him? Absolutely. Now you can talk shit about him. He's yeah. not on the phone. So. I can't. I, I can only talk shit to him to his face. Behind his back, I can say nothing but nice stuff about him. Mike? He's, he's a nice guy. He seems no, like he has I like, it, I like what right. he's done so far a lot. There's something going on. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> way too nice. Way too nice. Way too nice. Something, yeah. something no, he, he's on. a guy. He seems like he, he's enthusiastic about working in comics and has a really, really fun time with it. And he's doing a different kinds of books. I mean, House of Mysteries, very different book from mm-hmm. Jack of Fables mm-hmm. and uh, from the from the stuff that Mike has kind of been hinting about with Blue Beetle. And actually, he worked on Blue Beetle, which uh-huh. I, I kept hearing. So many people told me that it was too. a very good book and, and I'm you're one right of the, I'm it's one a completely different voice and it's mm-hmm. not like he makes any kind of it's not a weird adjustment too because you read it and you're just like oh this is peter parker spider-man he's picking it up like it's nothing you know it's it's funny it's light and it's uh it's got all kinds of action in it so cool and i'm i'm really looking forward to his jsa stuff it's, I, I, i'm serious about that artwork i saw yeah, some of it yeah. when i was up there in, at the new york show uh, I saw some of it in Carlin's office, and it's. I was like, "Who's this?" <laughs> yeah, who is it, Chris? It, uh, no, it's. Uh, I think it's Jesus Marino. Or yeah, something like yeah. That. yeah. And it's amazing. It. I've never seen anything from him that looks like that, and it's. It's. 
And and he, he, I looked at it, just like tons of characters in these huge, giant splash pages. And I'm looking at it like, he's just trying to impress people with his first issue. But I keep seeing pages. And they're, and keep, they're just like, wow, yeah. they all look like this, you know? So Wow. That's Very pretty cool. cool. Wow. Nice. And Mr. Akins, thank you for dropping by. It's always good to see you. I'm well, not going to run you off. You want to stick around no, and you know, hang no. out? You know, it's the, like I said, I got out of bed to come here. Did you have your sleeping cap on? And no, like, no. I, like I, a candle. I, I didn't know? have a sleeping cap. You know, uh, that's that's more of a winter look for me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, and, you know, coming through the street fair, it's nuts. It's like German fest. Yeah. It is. You know? I didn't. I, I didn't mention earlier that uh, I'm drinking St. Pauli Girl tonight mm. because it is Mayfest here in Lincoln Square, which is one of my favorite street festivals. Like the Germans in the city. need an excuse to drink. Yeah. You got Oktoberfest, Mayfest. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to try and sneak in like a June, like a July fest. <laughs> are they ser- are they serving are they serving the 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 Budweiser Clamato combination out there? Do no. You know? no, no, they don't have the good. Sense is that to... empty? <laughs> yeah. You didn't bring any more, huh? I got to try. You, you do have one. Is it spicy? Yeah, it's got a little kick to it's it. It's got a little kick to yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, well. I feel I'm, like we're doing just an ad, like, you know, <laughs> all we're doing is talking about Budweiser and Clamato. It's the drink. It's good. That's oh. all I have to say about it. It's it's like a uh, working man's Bloody Mary. None of that fancy vodka, you know? Beer. <laughs> Beer. Beer. Beer and Clamato. All right, uh, uh, the second line change uh, we've, we've, we've just done, and uh, uh, John is back. Hi. Mike is out. Tony's here. Tom's here, and I'm Chris. Hi. Excellent, man. You did that as well as uh, you know uh, one of uh, the fine uh, coaches that are still left in the NHL. My, my and little, I can't think little, of anybody. My right. little Scotty Bowman move. There you go, Scotty Bowman. Even though he's just a special. He's yeah, well, he's, he's yeah, he's a uh, he's advising the Hawks. Advising the Hawks. I'm being them, awesome. Yes, I told them to do that. Yes, I said I'm Scotty Bowman, and you will be awesome. They did turn things around. I mean, did you grow up here, Tony? Yes, I, so, I grew up in Chicago, South Sider. Were you do, were you ever into hockey as a kid or no? Only the violence. (laughs) He enjoyed the fights. (laughs) Exactly. And this is my first opportunity to tell you how much I'm enjoying the uh, crossover right now. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yes. It's mostly him. It is mostly me. It usually is mostly me. (laughs) All on my back. So It's all on my back. So, Tony, uh, you you haven't done a word balloon yet, have you? Oh, no, we did. We did one uh, just a couple Mm -hmm. months. Well, it's been longer than that, but it was like last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. Okay, Wayne and listen, dude. We're due to we're due to chat again, and yeah, okay. actually, we should probably do something for the cross. You know, really, much like you just did here, I, I'd be happy to get you and Matt on. So uh, I'll I'll embarrass it. you now and, and suggest that. And yeah, yeah just, maybe I just listened to the uh, the Sterling Gates and uh, Jamal Eigel episode on the way in on the way into the recording tonight, and that was very cool. Yeah, they're they're good, good guys. They're really good guys. Yeah. So that was cool. But no, happy to do it. When you sit down to talk to John, though, it's like. Some heavy shit. Is it dry? You know, it's so it's funny, not dry, man. but it's not dry. I'm sensing a little. It's not dry. What it's is just it? Just your your the intensity that comes off of you. It's your voice. You have like an actual radio voice. voice. You yeah. Know? Am, I, yeah. am I more intimidating? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's just like you're, I'm expecting. You know, it's like, oh my god, he's going to ask me about the kickbacks, isn't he? Oh shit! Yeah, it's like, tell us so, the truth, Tony. Sunter, 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 he does ask the hard questions. So, yeah. 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 Okay, uh, at this point, uh, when Supergirl was flying, Sterling, let me ask you this. That's more like how I sound. More of like a high-pitched nasally. I enjoy what you do. Did you have a chance, Tom, to hear my interview with Jeff Johns? Yeah. Because Loeb was, uh, I've been talking to Loeb this week, and he uh, he was like, yeah, man, you are like 
kissing his ass. Yeah, goes, you are. His ass is you so are. blistered from those kisses. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you should get out on whatever John's has got going with John because John, you love you love it. I, I it really, sadly, it really is like you know, uh, like when you have the flash do this. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I am. I admit it. It's, it's I remember that time when Greenland. I just did that really thing? focus. Oh, I try and find true. one thing. I have a hard time talking to somebody. I hate talking on the phone, just in general. Like right. I just don't like talking on the phone to the point where um, people will find me rude. If, I don't think that we've ever had a phone conversation longer, longer than yeah. two minutes. That's maybe. Purpose. Yeah, I, I stopped calling you because I never can get you. So I just I, don't answer my I, phone. I don't like people. I don't. <laughs> I don't like. That's half the reason why I come every uh, yeah. week to, was really to talk to Tom. I just you it's have my only to opportunity find me. To talk to Tom. You have to find me. You have to Chris be in the same room me. with me. I talk to Sal. Sal talks to me. I just don't like talking. I, uh, no, I, don't, I, I whenever I, I think you've actually answered your phone once whenever I called you, and it yeah. shocked me. I was, I was. I just uh, unless it's my fiance, she's the only person that I'll answer when uh, she she'll get she gets pissed. Have, uh, <laughs> I don't know, really angry. If, I don't know if this was uh, covered. Oh, there you go. Mark says that uh, Tom calls you all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I talked to Mark all the. Yeah, I mean, the Mark doesn't count though. Like, oh, how's your fiance and Mark? Yeah, well, I'll talk to Mark. Like, if I make like a really good like pizza or something, I'll just call it Mark and I'll be like, "It's good." The crust oh is excellent. Yeah. The phone's in your hand now. Who are you dialing? <laughs> Tom oh, calling Mark. I don't know Mark. if you guys mentioned this last week on the show about uh, Tom's uh, mention for his other podcast, Tom versus the Flash, online. Yeah, you got a very and, nice review. And, yeah, and, and a very cool website. And I don't know, Tony, you ever hear the? It's a public radio show called The Sound of Young America. No, unbelievably great pop culture podcast. Cool comics, great TV and film people. They have comic book people on as well. Brad Meltzer's been on there. Jeff Johns has been on there, and they wrote a very nice review on their website, which is called MaximumFun.org. Okay. About Tom versus the Flash. Yeah. And basically, and I'll be honest, the guy's shitting on the majority of comic book podcasts. He did. He did shit on everyone else and then liked mine. <laughs> He's like, he goes, if there's, he goes, if there's one overplayed <laughs> subject in podcasts, it's yeah. movies and TV. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, but like if there's one even more over talked <laughs> about in podcasts, it's, it's comic gone. books. And he's absolutely right. But he said the exception to the rule is yeah. our own Tom Caters and Tom versus the Flash. Well, to me, it's not... He did refer to Around Comics as the well-regarded Around Comics. Not by uh, him. Not that, by him. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's all right. Uh, I mean, he's all, he's all right with me. I'll always... I'll, I enjoy praise, but I also enjoy tearing down other people. <laughs> almost as much. Almost as gratifying. And yeah, almost tear as, down's work. Tear no, down. uh, Are you aware of Tom's other podcast? <laughs> I know it by name. But Tom, not by actually hearing it. It's obsessive-compulsive. Tom... Um, basically reads and recaps a single issue of the Silver Age uh, Barry Allen Flash. Like three times a week, he'll do an yeah. issue of The Flash. And it's one That's issue, insane. and he just talks about that issue. It's, so it's, if you, it's if great. If you miss the, the great storytelling of a John Broomer or Robert Kaniger, yeah. Tom brings it alive. It's and it's, it's very funny. Okay. It's very funny. Yeah. It's not, yeah. 15, min- 15 minutes in, out. Know. People love it. It's very well, that's good. why I'm bringing good. it up, and, not, and I'm not going to let you uh, talk about it but yeah they no i thought that was very cool because i there's a nice review yeah that that those guys really do put on an amazing public radio show that is podcasted check it out it's called the sound of young america and the website is maximumfun.org it's a it's uh it's funny because i listened to that show and i was like oh i was like 
Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh. Okay. No, that's that's very very. Cool. And they're right. Most uh, around comics is shit. This is yeah. ah! this, <laughs> this is complete garbage. crap. Complete crap. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're well so. regarded. But yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah a bunch know. of miscreants. Exactly, man. But like, you know, guys like, who don't have don't get out in the sun. Don't yeah, really you know, live in their parents' side, Live with oh. their parents. Incidentally, yes. I just used the word miscreant. And that yeah. was for uh, Brian Bowen. Brian, if you listen, this this wor- week's word is miscreant. Oh, last time it was cudgel. It was, last time it was cudgel. <laughs> he, came, he just came back to me this week with tilth. T i l t h. Which is what is tilth? Tilth is uh, it's an agricultural term. It's uh, tilling Did, land. So, like to t- is it tilt tilth earth tilth tilth, tilth earth? Earth? Yes. Orion Samuelson uses that word when he does the farm report and everything tilth, tilth. yeah yeah wow. so when you're out tilting this weekend make sure you use proper pesticide to keep is, the bebo weevils away <laughs> there seems to be an old world theme to these words yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did, uh, a man out of time. Did you see uh, the Don Cheadle movie? Uh, Talk to me, because don't they use miscreant? And I want to say miscreant oh, is in that. No, I didn't see that. No. That's an. Uh, there's by the way, there's a good DVD pick for you, kids, if you haven't seen it. It's been on HBO a lot listen, lately. Listen, kiddies. Man, Don, Don Cheadle plays this Washington D.C. disc jockey. It's a real story. It's about a guy named Petey Green, who was this incredible mm-hmm. early '70s, uh, late '60s Washington DJ that really kind of captured the city and was a very very cool rock D- or R&B DJ at the time and it's a it's a very good biopic and okay. talk to me great okay. great Don Cheadle put it on your Netflix there you go so I'm, I'm all about sponsors? the recommends it's that's all that's why I like Twitter if you if you follow me is Netflix still um sponsoring us yeah okay, all right, okay. Then then put then it on say, if not then I was ready to go yeah fine but I was put ready it. to turn on him don't worry <laughs> no, yeah. I know where our allegiances are. So, uh, so did you talk to my guy last night? I did. I did. Yeah. Although, well, you know, I felt bad because, uh, well, gee, here's a, here's a new thing. I, I had trouble getting off the phone with Jeff Loeb, and uh, so I ran late. So um, the interview with Rucka will not be on by the time this airs but because um, we, we had to reschedule. But uh, before the month is over, uh, Rucka and I will be talking about uh, Batwoman and Detective and certainly what's going on in action and uh, Superman New World of Krypton. Uh, but, yeah, it's good stuff. He he sent me the first two issues of Detective. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, J.H. Williams is knocking it out of the park. The design on the book is beautiful. And it is this really neat uh, synthesis of an artist at his best and a writer's at his best. I mean, really, it's a very strong Greg Rucka crime mystery. And J.H. is, I just think his designs are very, very exciting. So Is Eddie, Batwoman hot? Ironically, yes. No, but you know, honestly, yeah. there's that fear because of the way the character was introduced, I think, that everyone's like, look, hey, it's, look, a, it's, it's a lesbian. It's a lipstick lesbian. Let's not forget the lipstick. Yeah. And uh, if I may. But uh, the good news is, no, I think finally after a bunch of like weird kind of continuity implants and i don't mean what's on her chest uh <laughs> you know what they were trying to do to put her in the story in uh 52 and other places and even in the crime bible story and even in uh, final crisis for that matter uh batwoman seems to have hit the ground running and uh there's a reason for her to be in gotham and i think uh it works cool so i I'm, i think it's and it's a cool greg rucka crime story and again beautiful jh my, my biggest awesome. problem with batman was that he wasn't a hot lesbian yeah, you know, Robin. All of a sudden, there is, I'm there starting is, to enjoy. There is av- there is story avenues you could not explore until you made Batman into a lipstick lesbian. So now you can see where it goes. Well, see, I'm sure it'll be good. Well, you had a lot of fan fiction. 
A It's one of my big hobbies. A lot of Batman slash, yeah. Well, just all of it. Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Batman. All of it, all mixed together. One universe. The Tom Tom verse. But, uh, uh, you know, stalkers beware. I mean, Rocket did sell. Tell Chris to, you know, uh, email me. I haven't heard from him in a while. Well, well, Uh I don't want to bother him. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy. He likes to watch. I love when he gets that Kathy Bates glint in his eyes when he says, that, "Oh, I don't want to bother him." I don't want to bother him. I don't want to hobble him. I mean, bother him. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, and that's With what I said. Curse I'm like, words in your comments. I'm like, you know, man, you you know, don't know what you're wishing for, but I'll tell him. <laughs> I'm like, all right. no, 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 no. Honestly, as I always tell you, mm-hmm. whenever I speak to, and I don't ever hear that reciprocated when you apparently talk to Mr. Rucker, but he immediately says, "How's Chris doing?" I never talked to him. He just watches him. Oh, okay. <laughs> then how come he got stuck with the stalker moniker and I'm the one that always like, you know, hey, you know, Greg, what's happening, man? See, stalking so. is a silent act. Misdirection. That's All right. There is. When you're hunting prey, I haven't got the restraining order. I think everything's cool. Yeah. I can exactly. sneak up on him. Okay. All right. Closer than, closer than you think, Greg. What other names can I drop, Mark, before uh, before we wrap up? I can't think of it. We did Johns, uh, um, Loeb, Rucka. Talk to Johns. Um, and actually, I'm rounding up everybody because um, I am in the process of uh, planning, and hopefully everything will work out and we'll be able to do it. David McKean is coming to Chicago, and this is going to be something very cool. And yeah. uh, keep watch if you're a local person or close enough that it's uh, worth the trip. But uh, in mid-July, the weekend before the San Diego convention, McKean is coming with six oil paintings that he's done, and he's on a very interesting uh, creative turn right now. Uh, The series of paintings is called Nitrate, and they are based on uh, silent films of the very early 1900s, pre-1920, and it's the guy who did From the Earth to the Moon, uh, Georges Millet. You've seen that where they fire the gun Mm -hmm. into the the moon's eye and everything. Uh, And also F. F., uh, W. Murnau, who did... um, Cabinet of Cabinet of Doctor Kilgari, and also uh, didn't he also do the original uh, M? Oh, oh, that's it. That was it. M? M. It was no, it was Fritz Lang who did M. I'm, you're right. I'm it sorry. was um, okay. Nostradamus. Didn't he not Nostradamus? Uh, who's Nosferatu. The, Nosferatu. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Nosferatu. Yeah. So yeah, I um, you know really yeah, it's uh, they're really neat paintings, and uh, I'll be doing a word balloon to help promote the show, but uh, it's going to be a live. Uh, Showing at the Portage Theater, which is in Chicago on the northwest side, mm-hmm. uh, on Milwaukee Avenue. Six Corners is right by the Portage Theater. It's just north of Six Corners on Milwaukee Avenue. But um, they're also going to show Mirror Mask, the uh, the film that McKean did. Did he do that with Gaiman? Yeah, he did with Gaiman. Yeah. You know? And, um, and yeah, I know a lot of the Chicago uh, art, uh, comic art crowd will be out there to support it as cool. well. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. You're going to be there, Mr. Aikens? Yes, I will. Nice. Yes, oh, I've will. been telling Tony about it for for weeks now, <laughs> cool. and I keep reminding Jill Thompson to the point where she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I know like, it's exactly. coming." Exactly. And really, Ezra's like, "God, dude, dude just just walk away, just walk away." <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Trust right, me on okay, this." Okay, sorry, Brian. Trust me on this. God damn, idiot. What are you talking? Um, uh, silent movies. And stuff. Have any of you guys ever gone to the uh, Roger Ebert Film Festival down in Champaign? Yes, sir. No, in Urbana. Yes, no. they. Uh, there is a uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I want to call them almost like. A a troupe, but it's uh, the Alloy Orchestra, and every year they uh, they they pick a new movie every year, and they um, uh, they rescore an old silent movie. Oh, that's terrific! And it's three guys, but the sound yeah. that they create these three these Is three one guys of them and they a do one man band now. It's. <laughs> 
if that kind, helps if you have a one man band involved. It's kind of like that if you see them, but they do it live. They actually do it. Symbols on the cheat on the knee pads yeah. and everything. They're they're uh-huh. in like the symphony pit doing the music to the movie there live. But uh, if you can check them out online, it's the Alloy like metal alloy orchestra and uh they did um some old buster keaton stuff i mean just some amazing amazing rescoring of old silent movies and uh uh, metropolis they did metropolis one year i believe and did you ever see the rock and remember the rock and roll metropolis when they colorized it and everything that That was a blast i saw that three times at the fine arts there you you go yeah i think i saw it at the fine arts too it was was really cool yeah back in the back in the 80s Yeah. yeah and it was was it Giorgio Moreau? Mor- uh, I forget how you say his name. Mm. Was kind of the the guy in charge of the the score. But yeah, yeah like you know Pat Benatar, all these like oh, ridiculous. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, it, it, it really is, is really cool. Is and terrific. then they also they colorized it, but used the color to accent the film. Mm-hmm. Well, so, originally there was some some color in. Oh, the I film. didn't realize it. I, I don't I, know. I might be wrong, but anyway, I'm not it, sure. It's. it's yeah, it's it's, it's very cool. It really was. It was a it was a fun experiment. Yeah. And also another thing locally that happens in Chicago every weekend um, at the Music Box Theater, if you're not aware of it, they show old movies mm-hmm. and they always have a live organist yeah. there playing yeah. his organ. And it's okay. It's safe for the kids. Ironically, but no, it's yeah. it's really neat and it gives you that kind of old time cinema feel. But I'm excited about going to the Portage. I haven't been there since. They remodeled it. Yeah, they did it for the Dillinger movie. Yes, yeah. uh, Public Enemy, the yeah. new uh, Johnny Depp film where he's John Dillinger. The inside of the portage is playing the inside of the biograph. Yeah, so they oh, wow. they actually, uh, you know, refit. Restored it. Restored it. Man, because for years, XRT was blocks away from the Portage Theater, and we would just go to the Portage to see a movie. And it had really fallen on hard times. It was really kind of a crap theater. Mm. A shithole. Yeah, it really, I, okay, a shithole. It's hey, fine. Wait. I trademarked that. <laughs> you know, um, Miscreant is a much more impressive word than Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit more lowbrow than uh, <laughs> Brian Boland's highfalutin words that he throws around. <laughs> Tony's cool pals that own a mo- castles with moats and everything. Hey, listen, listen. I, I, my jaw drops every time I see I, I get an email from Brian Boland. It's like, I'm getting an email from Brian Boland. You, fre- you freaked me out, by the way. Yeah. Whenever uh, I mean, it was free comic book day, I had mm-hmm. seen you and... Uh, you said that uh, that Brian Boland had listened to the podcast yeah. and had sent you pictures of the farm. I was like, Brian Boland listened to our show. That's so cool. <laughs> Freaked out now. It was, yeah, it was. Uh, it was he gets high wait. speed internet in the castle? <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know how to. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Boland. We're here to wire your uh, castle for you. You can watch Rescue Me, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, whatever you want. Am I able to get porn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. No problem. So, so, so. Slip me twenty quid and we yeah. can make that happen. Oh. Well, um, speaking of uh, of British and uh, and performance art, we we have a voicemail. Um, and if you would like to send us a voicemail, you can certainly do so. The phone number is one eight 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 nine seven seven five nine zero three. Here we go. Hi guys, it's Matt again. Um, last one, I promise. But I have Jesus Christ! Call the show. Do leave two messages um, to allow room in between for people going ah oh, and moaning and stuff. So. Um, Tom, question for you. Uh, I want to know yeah. um, who your biggest uh, comedic influences are. Um, I heard I think Chris mentioned it um, that you do improv from time to time, yeah. and. Uh, uh, yeah, just interested to know who your biggest kind of comedic idols are. Um, I, uh, I'm i a big Bill Hicks, um, Eddie Izzard fan. 
um, as you can tell from my ums and errs and ours. Um, so yeah, seriously, just want to know who who you dig, who uh, who you like, and uh, who you're. I've repeated myself many times. Um, Tom, who are your comedic influences? The end. There you go. Thanks, guys. Bye, 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 bye. I always think like is the that, Magna Carta like nine hundred pages. I, you know, it's like <laughs> no. I always like envision Templar like loading a gun when he's like leaving. <laughs> when he's <laughs> seriously, am I wrong? Uh, I just saw him polishing a gun. What okay. The hell that <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I always say that that when Templar calls this the, podcast, Matt, Matt, that's Matt is that's also known as Templar. Yeah, that's on, on forums. So yeah, whenever he calls loading a gun, whenever he calls around comics or yeah uh, around uh, eleven o'clock comics, I'm like I'm off on on my way to blow up a library, but I felt like you know. <laughs> They sound like terrorists when it's they call. It's I'm sorry, they do. I'm, Matt, you're a very I'm nice guy. I'm just putting my uh, balaclava on right now as I'm <laughs> approaching. If the sound is muffled, it's from the ski mask. <laughs> Matt, I'm well, going you know, to but, cudgel you. But, yeah. but, but, but talking about you know performance art, you you do improv, which you haven't done any in a while. I haven't gone no. to. It's why not? Um, <clears> it's hard. That is an interesting question. No, it's, it was very it's, easy. Uh, I'm very good at it. Uh, you I got a wedding to like plan. I had a wedding to plan. It's all right. I mean, you have to have um, you have to enjoy performing for other people that do the same thing. It's because the audience is not the most diverse audience. Like you will end up performing a lot for just people, other people that do it, mm. which is for some people is gratifying. For other people, though, the feedback is really weird. It's like if you only drew for other artists right. and like all the feedback is really intense, like, yeah, they're not analyzing. laughing, but they're thinking yeah. and they're, and they're, with everyone you. is fucking thinking about everything constantly sure. really hard. And it's just like, so you do something and then, you have to talk about it because that's what everyone's there for is to talk about it for like 45 minutes. It's like, if, if it's not funny, it's not funny, you know, and just do something else. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. Just from the nature of performing for some people, I just didn't, it, I found myself kind of like getting burnt out on like talking about everything constantly. I just Who, didn't enjoy it that yeah. much. Because it was like a hobby. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are really serious about it, you know. Well, they're training. and They're training to do right. it. And I was just, I'm an accountant who also did it on the side, so I was a little less... Oh, that's how Bob Newhart started, for yeah, example. Yeah, I was a know. little less a little less into analyzing about everything. It. Yeah. And that's kind of how it goes. So, so who are your influences? I really, my favorite show of all time is Mr. Show. Uh, good it's man. Like my favorite. You just saw, yeah. Mr. We were show worrying about favorite. that on, on Twitter. Not yeah. really worrying because I love Mr. Show No, as well. no. I, Mr. Show is like my favorite show of all time. He said greater than Kids in the Hall, greater yep. than SNL. And I'm like, well, SNL is like 30 years, so right. uh, 35 years at this point. Hey. But I will contend that yeah, no, you know, that, tighter. That, I'm that telling the, you, man, that hour and a half of SNL, if they ever... If they wanted a show that was really, really funny. Oh, that's fair. But again, you're also dealing with live versus tape. And certainly if Mr. Show's sketches didn't work, they could always go back and fix it. Right. Well, they did do stuff in front of people. Oh, sure. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I mean. And again, Bob Odenkirk and Dave Cross. Yeah, I mean. Geniuses. Genius comics. I would like to add Southern Illinois University at Carbondale graduate. 
Bob Odenkirk. He's from Chicago. Calm down. Naperville. Uh, Southern, yeah, El- Southern Illinois University yeah, at Carbondale graduate. I thought you were going to say, Go I would like the to Kentucky add, border for you. I would like to add to this care. discussion Ray Stevens, the, uh, the street comedian. <laughs> oh, yes, they call him. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Chris yeah, Marty Matt. Allen is one of your uh, big influences. Charlie Weaver. Uh, well, you know. I was, I was Pinky gonna, Lee. All the great who, Yeah, exactly. Odenkirk or Cross, if you had to pick. Oh, I already oh, know the sense. Exactly. Yeah. Steve, okay. Stevie, the agent on Larry Sanders, that character alone pushed He's me great. over the top. And God, on Ben Stiller. There's no one funnier at swearing really loud. Like, just being like, fuck! That was his character on <laughs> yeah. Larry Sanders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, does, he does it better than anyone. Yeah. Posehn was involved in Mr. Show, right? There's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Pat Oswalt was on yeah. there a few times, and Jack Black. And was on there. Uh, Sarah Laura Silverman. Nightlinger? Sarah Silverman, yeah. yeah. Wasn't Laura Nightlinger in part of that? Or was she... Actually, she's more Tenacious D with Jack yeah. Black and... Uh, but a, lot, of, uh, a ton of people got were, were on that show. It's a great show. And if you get the DVDs, sometimes the commentaries... Funnier than the episodes. ...are fucking better, because when they do a really bad scene, they'll mm-hmm. talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funnier, like the werewolf. There's a great werewolf. I story. like some of the like quick uh, sketch shows that came and went. What about no, Please, Tony. 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 Werewolf scenes are the best scenes in the world. There's uh, like, oh. <laughs> 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 like, okay, uh, Har- <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, God rest his soul, <laughs> Harvey Corman. Classic. And Chicago's very own Harvey Corman. Exactly. Go exactly. Um, Did he go to Southern? No, no, no. And, uh, <laughs> he went there, to Carol Burnett, sir. Oh. Yeah, there's a, there's a werewolf <laughs> skit on Mad TV sketch on Mad TV. It's about uh, and I can't remember her name, but she's she's really funny. She she's playing a, a, a college student who's trying to explain why she's not prepared to take this test. So she goes into her, her professor's office and says, "Look, I'm really not ready to do this, and I'm not passing this class because, well, uh, I'm a werewolf." And the professor's like, no, this isn't true. <laughs> and so she starts to change. Of course, she's doing this badly. So she's like growling and climbing on the desk. And it's like, oh, oh, it's okay. I can stop it right now. So that's that's another. I'm so itchy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Shabon wrote a really funny short story yeah. that he performed on This American Life about oh, really? a kid that like you yeah. know, pretended to be yeah, a werewolf. werewolves in, in, in their youth. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, yes. That's, that's, I actually sent him um, uh, that photo in an email some some years ago uh because i i i i had just read cavalier and clay and mm-hmm. uh, at the time you know his email was was online at his uh his website so i sent him an email thanking him for cavalier mm-hmm. and clay because uh, oh my god yeah and uh and he sent a nice email back and uh but yeah there's a photo of me and my sister and i'm a werewolf <laughs> this is what we're <laughs> We're kids. M- Molly knows it because yeah. it's in my studio. And uh, like I mean, Halloween or just like uh, yeah, yeah, it's Halloween. Okay. It's Halloween. Yeah, just every day. It's it's Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah you and know, I'm you know later. Valentine's I'm, Day. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, and I'm you know in my werewolf makeup. Okay. Yeah, be behind the 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 pumpkin and she's in the foreground. And and it, it wasn't until years later that I realized, oh wait, she's the gypsy uh, from the old movie. Yeah. yeah. So I just saw a documentary about gypsies. Uh, well, kind of about uh, mm. the the refugees that left Germany to come to America to right. make movies, and like twenty percent of them were werewolves. And I had no idea that <laughs> no, but the director of The Wolfman, and I don't remember his name, but uh, really was like slumming in at Universal and was handed this B movie script and elevated the material. And really, I mean, it is such a classic movie. Yeah, it is. But it was really kind of an afterthought, throwaway film. 
And, you wow. know, between him, Lon Chaney, and the lady that played the gypsy and everything, I mean, yeah. that's really I mean, that, one of those late... Because it was, you know, really the classic Universal stuff is really the 30s stuff. It, exactly. And and in that, and then, of course, they kind of had the resurgence in the 50s, too, with The Creature. Mm-hmm. But as far as the 40s go, the most interesting film of that period probably was The Wolfman. Probably was, yeah. You know, I mean, you had the Son of Frankenstein. You pronounce it right. Wolfman? I pronounce it Wolfman. <laughs> Sabotage. Did I the tell Wolfman. you when I, when I interviewed the Marv Wolfman? Wolfman and I said, "Wasn't it? Isn't it inevitable that Marv Wolfman would be writing Werewolf by Night?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, it really was like you know, like kind of shot me down. What a like, dick thing to say. I'm like, <laughs> You're a yeah. real asshole, John. S- seriously, like if there's one Bronze Age guy that, and I respect him, and he's been nice in person and everything, and very gracious. But really, the one guy was like." Yeah, I haven't been asked that question too many times. I'm like, okay, <laughs> wow. wow. I'm like, all right, I'm sorry, Marv. Yeah, I get it. My name's a- yeah, I get it. My name's Wolfman. Well, he was. Actually, I understand. It's that funny. Was, that was in regards to. So, how did uh, how did Crisis on Infinite Earths happen? He's like, well, you know, it's at the beginning of the Absolute Edition, and it's at the beginning of the hardcover. So, why don't you read that book? Exactly. And I'm like, so I've told the story a million times, but and I'm like. This right. is going well. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like our voice that we've invented. It's, it's sort of angry and high-pitched like this. Exactly. Wolfman. <laughs> so there you go. Man. Pronounce it Wolfman. So, you... so watch out what you say to certain Wolfman, actually. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the, all the, the universal uh, uh, monster movies. I mean, yeah. they're, they're such a big part of my childhood. And I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s now. Well, you're now. 94 years old. I'm in my <laughs> mid-30s now. And back then, films but, were in nickel. Yeah, but I mean, like, P- like PBS, we had Monsterpiece Theater. and they, that, <laughs> PBS, that's what I was looking for. In Southern yeah, Illinois. In Southern Illinois, that was, high, that was eyebrow shit. Go ahead. Absolutely. I watch it, on, I watch it on, on PBS. That's where I watched the original Universal Monster movies. PBS. On PBS on like, fri- awesome? like Friday night. We at 11 your, o'clock. We need your funds. We cannot get <laughs> Preacher PBS. from the Black Lagoon without it. We grew up in the city. We watched our monster movies uh, on Spanjuli. Creature, Fe- creature, creature, creature Features. features we Jerry, had, Jerry G. We Bishop. The show right. proven to give you eye cancer if you watched it for more than three weeks in we a row. Are four channels, Tony. I had four <laughs> we, channels. We had five. ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. That All was right. it. I so watched was mine on DVD. Who was the host of Monsterpiece Theater? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. All right, but go ahead. I'm sorry. We yeah, we didn't, didn't have like a, a, you, we didn't have like a Spengoolie or Bob anything Edwards. like that. And, you, and don't forget, we have tote bags for watching Monsterpiece Theater. Uh, and, uh, up next <laughs> is Wolfman. <laughs> the Wolfman, sorry. Oh, the yeah. Wolfman. It, but it was a big treat whenever you got the, uh, the Abbott and Costello ones. Oh, <laughs> meets Frankenstein. That's yeah. a great one. We have it in Costello. Garden boxes are yours for 1995. <laughs> I really like this one. <laughs> yeah, good times. Good hey, times. Universal monster movies and Doctor Who. Good, PBS uh, did did good by me. Up next is uh, Frankenstein. I, I see that. Yeah, there's a, a man named Karloff. I believe that's a Russian name. Uh, <laughs> playing uh, uh, the monster. If you're interested this weekend, oh. there's Russian folk dancing at the Ooh. community center. <laughs> and uh, you can follow it up by coming home and uh, watching Frankenstein. Right here. Uh, Frankenstein. Monster, monster, monster piece. Monster piece. Theater. Uh, All right, I'm going to so start, I'm gonna right, start talking about shit. <laughs> Let's just no, end I'm, this. I'm, this I'm, is I'm, end I'm, this now. The, no, I want to wait. I got I got I got an Abner Costello jack. Uh, because <laughs> the uh, Hello? meets Frankenstein, classic. Yes. Jekyll and Hyde with Boris Karloff, by the way. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. The Mummy, piece of shit movie. Such a bad film. Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy oh. that they have character names at the beginning of the film, 
at some point they're abandoned and Abbott is yelling for Costello get out of here the mummy's coming after us and it's I'm telling you and even the great Chuck Shaden, one of the great Chicago uh, broadcast legends that is winding down his career, big old-time radio fan, and everything that's nostalgic he loves. And he's like, yeah, those happen in Costello movies. They don't hold up. He's <laughs> just like, outside of uh, Frankenstein and Buck Privates, eh, they don't hold up. Yeah, and, they, right. and, you know, they really don't. Yeah. They really don't. I mean, who's on first? That's a great five minutes. Yeah. There's another 74 minutes to the movie then that still doesn't hold no. up that much. So Have you never heard right. the two-hour version of Who's on First? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I believe that's the one that ends with Lou pulling out the gun and shooting Bud down. Well, for, yeah, this for, is your third, third base. It takes a really long time to get to the point that uh, uh, to, I'm trying to think of what center field's name would be. They do all nine <laughs> positions. It's it's long. Do they have oh. a pinch hitter? <laughs> yes, they do. Put down a sacrifice bunt. Do they the, the, like the loogie? Yeah, who's the left-handed reliever out of the, you know, it's yeah. really, it's long and tedious. <laughs> it's tedious, yeah. I just asked you. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm All right. telling you, that's his name. It's let's, fucking tedious. Let's wrap this puppy up. We yeah, do, let's get we, out of here. We do have, <laughs> some, now. We do have some emails. Oh, We're going to push those no. to next time. You Don't worry, Tom. Thank you um, to everyone that has emailed the show. We get, like, show. probably one email every two weeks. And but it's we just push it. Yeah. yeah, I had no. another thought. I wanted to I just wanted to make sure. I loaded the gun again. You can email the show at info. At aroundcomics.com. Uh, I told you the hotline number is 1 877 5903. By this um, time, I've taken the school. Uh, run by the iTunes Music Store and leave us an iTunes review. Do the same thing for Word Balloon or Monsterpiece Theater. Or a monster. Another, it's a fine show. Um, Next week, it's all uh, Tom, ver- Tom, ver- Tom versus The Flash. <laughs> Uh, 11 o'clock comics and the new podcast the league of nobodies Dracula. that's all in the around yeah. comics family there dracula um, uh, drop by the around comics community section where you can continue uh with us on the 100 days of 100 bullets by the time this comes out we should be about oh 25 28 issues in so is that about the counter fifth detective i'm assuming uh yeah we'll probably be probably, that. yep yep Ooh, great great arc uh real quick uh tony akins if people want to find you on on the the interwebs, or are you do you hide from that? You have a blog, right? Don't look at me. I will eat your brain. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a blog. It's uh, hilarity ensues. Just Google my name. Uh, it'll take you to my blog. I, I put up a lot of my my, my uh, uh, work process up there. I gotta update it, so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a bit behind. I, I'm still posting the the uh, <clears throat> uh, the war arc. Tom, for- Tom is disappointed in you. Yeah, well, I'm disappointed. No, in I'm just too. shocked that you're allowing people to see how the magic happens. Well, I don't throw go black everything out. I don't throw <laughs> okay, everything. Fine. Yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> it goes from like a like a pen, like a stick page. figure drawing to a finished page. <laughs> a lot of stuff happens in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's you wouldn't understand. <laughs> you wouldn't <Yeah>. understand. <laughs> so, uh, so I've got that, you know, and it's I've really been neglecting it because I'm spending far too much time on on Facebook. So, um, Ooh, really, yeah. Facebook over Twitter. Interesting. I, I've never Twittered, so okay. get on the yeah. Twitter. But is it? Do you find? And don't get me wrong, folks. I love Facebook too. But sometimes Facebook is the high school reunion that never ends. Yeah. It really Tony, is. how have you been? Yes, yes. I've been hunting you <laughs> down me? for years. It's a bad sign that first time you get someone that tries to friend you that you're like. I like being friends, and I don't mind like catching up with old friends. But then, like, do you do you play Mob Wars? Has people have people turned you into zombies? Do you play all those? uh, No, I don't get into that because that looks crazy. No shit, that looks crazy. I I don't even understand how that works. I know, Tony. Yeah, 
<laughs> Zelda Makowitz just bit you. Mm-hmm. Join the. I know. It's like, and then you're like, who the fuck is this? Oh yeah, that's so and so that used to be Zelda Jenkins, but she got married. Now I don't remember her I name. Don't and get it. I don't want to play your mob war. Go away. Yeah. Just say hello. And then people get angry with you. Uh, Too late. We talked about the Windy City Comic Con. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I've Tony, heard about that. What's all that about? Tony will be there. Oh, I will be there. Um, <laughs> I was actually talking to our buddy John Suntress, who is going to be running uh, uh, a bunch of our panels. Word this Balloon year. Live. Yeah. Word Why Balloon not? Live. Yeah. Expect uh, expect some participation in that, Mr. Akins. Okay. You're not you got it. drawing at your table. You're All right, it. awesome. That'd be wonderful. Uh, check it out at uh, windycitycomiccon.com. Plenty of good word balloon stuff coming up. You can check that out oh, at yeah. Newsarama or wordballoon.com. Uh, <laughs> oh, my else? God, yes. Are we what? done plugging everything? Are we done? We done? Tom, yeah. you got anything I else? I do want to plug Wild Claw Theater. Yes. Yes. Death Scribe is coming up. So go to... Go to... Uh, Google. Oh my God! Google Wild Claw Theater. They put on horror productions, and uh, they're like radio. Uh, yeah, is that the yeah. radio show. It's a radio about? show. Yeah, it's a radio show. They do it uh, every October uh, at the Music Box. Wow. It's like a live radio show. Uh, they're taking submissions for scripts, or they should be taking su- submissions for scripts. It's a contest. They pick ten scripts. Uh, and then they uh, have the actors go up on stage. There's a foley artist, and they perform. Uh, these radio play- There's a foley artist. It's awesome. It's awesome. Tom's interest at all. Yeah, of a sudden. yeah. Love, it's just a guy named Foley. I don't want to like give. Billy all he gets up there is with a giant piece of meat yeah. and right. like a, yeah. pl- a, uh, a aluminum right. sheet. Right. All yeah, I can do is punching <laughs> and thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's it's a horse running. Tremendous. And that's what I was doing. <laughs> it's tremendous. So, so, if you ever uh, have a chance to see a uh, uh, Prairie Home Companion live, that's the that's a fine moment. Oh, the Foley artist there is fantastic. Where the men grow strong and the women are. Yeah. Taking Valium because it's so fucking boring. Oh my boring god. Here. Jesus. That is good. We've got uh, Monsterpiece Theater coming up <laughs> later on. How do you tie a noose? <laughs> Stop. Guy Noir is right. himself, apparently. Lake Wobegon. I, I would like to thank everyone for joining uh, us. That would be uh, Mike Norton. I think Tim Seeley was bumping around here. Tony Akins. John Suntress, Tom Caters, and our special guest, Mr. Matt Sturgis. And then there is always Mr. Mark Beatty for hosting us. Thank you very much. And Molly and Jose watching. And Molly and Jose. Yeah, the peanut gallery is thinned out, but they're hanging strong. So thank you, folks. Uh, Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again next Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around around comics. Never mention PBS ever. expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2009.